Hey, BSN listeners, as we do a lot on the BSN Nuggets podcast, got to start off with telling you guys about StravaCraft Coffee. StravaCraft Coffee is a game-changing coffee. It's the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away everything from long-term migraines to back pain and arthritis, IBS. It has helped to decrease anxiety. You name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is also just flat out rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today, and you can receive 20% off when you use the code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. What's going on, guys? Welcome into the show. Harrison Winter on the BSN Nuggets podcast. As always, we are presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. And if you use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Tuesday edition of the show, joined here actually at the BSN Denver Studios. Oh, yeah. By Andre Simone, the five-tool player <sighs> of BSN Denver, BSN Denver Analytics, Film Rooms. He does it all. How's it going, man? Doing good. I'm glad we could do this in person after our impromptu uh, Vegas show. Right. I feel like we covered a lot of ground on that call. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I've been thinking back to that quite a bit. Yeah, we did cover a lot of ground. And it, it was fitting that you were at Summer League. They just signed Jeremy Grant or right. traded for Jeremy Grant, which was kind of a big move. And yeah, you've uh, you've expanded on that since. So I'm, uh, I'm glad I was uh, at the inception of kind of when this offseason finally started for the Nuggets, really. Nothing's really changed. Yeah. I feel like we're pretty much at the tail end of any big news that's going to happen with the Nuggets and really the league mm-hmm. this summer. They got the grant deal done. Yeah. Maybe a Malik Beasley extension. Maybe. That would probably be the final I mean... big thing of a note this offseason. What kind of, just a quick tangent, sure. what kind of money would Malik be looking to get there? Like, what's reasonable for a, a, a potential, you know, a real, like, talent? Like, he's he's got he's got some talent there. It's tough because this is how I look at it. Like, I feel like both sides would have some motivation to get it done. Yeah. But also Beasley could look at this thing and say, hey, like, I kind of want to bet on myself and see what I can do with mm-hmm. more minutes and a probable bigger role next season right. than he had last year and, and you know, see if I can put up some stats and get a bigger deal. Right. Not to mention a super weak free agent class that's coming up. Exactly. Yeah. So huh. I don't I don't know about like what kind of money. Like Miles Turner last year got four years seventy two million. Okay. Larry Nance got four years forty five million. You'd think Oof. Beasley would probably command more than that. Right. Justice Winslow got right. three years, $39 million. I mean, from what I've heard, the Nuggets yeah. will come at Beasley with an offer. Mm-hmm. They'll come at him with an offer. They'll propose something. It probably will come down to if Beasley's side of it right. will take it. Does he want to gamble or not? And right. He'd be an RFA next year. Right, right. So yeah. even if this thing didn't happen before the yeah. season started. Right. They'd end the season. He'd be a restricted free agent. Denver mm-hmm. could match whatever offer sheet he would sign, or they could just, you know, work out an extension. Right at that right. time. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, we'll see what happens with that. That might be the next thing of note to happen this summer. The last thing. And you really think we won't see too many more moves in the NBA? I mean, what other moves are there to be made? No, I mean, that'd be that's logical, conventional thinking. I just look at all these. I mean, that'd be great news for the Nuggets if no moves or no big moves are made. Is there a disgruntled superstar that's still on his team? <laughs> right. Like, can, can someone get disgruntled? <laughs> I mean, maybe Bradley Beal and Kevin Love are the next shoes to drop. Yeah. Though Beal, I really think that's like all the Wizards are clinging on to anymore, and it'll be really hard to take him. I know, like, the Wizards keep sending out the message that, yeah, we're holding on to Bradley Beal. We're holding on to Bradley Beal. I don't buy it, though. I'm not sure many throughout the league buy it either. And all it takes is for Bradley Beal to be like, hey, uh, this sucks and I want out. Yeah. Like, that's the NBA for you, right? Right. That's all it really takes. Kevin Love, I think, is a lot more plausible. The Cavs would be much more interested that... 
you know, that contract makes him less appealing, but also maybe more likely to be dealt. And Mm -hmm. Portland, which is something that Zach Lowe's thrown out there before, would be an intriguing fit. He also has, like, an odd relationship with the state of Oregon. He was, like, the national player of the year in high school, but wasn't even the Oregon player of the year that He didn't win Mr. Basketball in Oregon? Right. Yeah, Kyle Singler won it. Ah, and then he left Which, Oregon to go to UCLA. Right, exactly. Hmm. So, yeah. I feel like they could probably bury that hatchet. You'd think so. <laughs> like, have a, have a, um, uh, what are, I'm totally, a voodoo donut with some, like, Tillamook ice cream or something <laughs> and just be all oregon Dow and make it happen. I don't know. Go on a hike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm just saying, um, it just feels like all these super teams that have built up they're like at least one or two moves from really filling out and completing their roster. Like, yeah. Well, there are some veteran free agents out there. Like, I, I agree with you. If there's a big move that's going to happen, it's going to be one of those trades because there's not really many other high level impact free agents to right. I mean, be that's, signed. That's true. Uh, Kyle Corver, still out there. Sure. J.R. Smith, still out there. Right. Oh there are God. some of those veteran guys like Jamal Crawford, Vince Carter. Carmelo Anthony. Iguodala still out there? Well, Iguodala is still technically on the Grizzlies. Now, there's been some talk that maybe they'll buy him out, but it seems like they want right. to try to keep him or either trade him. does feel like he's bound to go to L.A. at either team. Right. Like, I can't imagine him spending the entire season in totally. Memphis. It will be yeah, like a Trevor Ariza-type situation where – there's right. like yes. the, the tea leaf yes. safe from opening right. night that he'll probably be bought out sooner or later. That's right. at least my read on it. Right. The Grizz, quietly intriguing without Iguodala. <laughs> yeah. Without, yeah, intriguing as a potential team to get the number one pick, I think. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, add to, and add to fair. their nice core. Fair, fair. Um, let's talk about something that uh, is more prevalent to the Nuggets. Yeah. I've got an article on bsendenver.com right mm-hmm. now about – Michael Porter Jr. and some comments that Michael Malone made to me in Las Vegas that he's expecting Porter to be a part of his rotation next year. You know, even that, even though he had the knee injury, Michael Malone thinks he's seen enough behind the scenes. And honestly, that's kind of what we've heard from Jordy Fernandez, who coached the Nuggets Summer League team. And just kind of some more rumblings that he's shown enough behind the scenes even before Summer League when he had that injury and obviously missed the Vegas showcase that mm-hmm. makes people believe that he'll be a factor in the rotation right. next season. What was just kind of your reaction to to seeing those quotes? Jeez, and I mean, talking to you kind of throughout the summer, this Slowly but surely, it's feeling like this injury, the more detached you are from the Nuggets, the more you made a big deal out of it. Mm -hmm. And the closer you are to the Nuggets, the more it's like, look, he's fine. This is no big deal. We're just sitting him out for summer league because that makes sense. We don't want to mess around with this guy and we're going to be extra cautious, which is totally logical. Um, And... You, I guess it was, was it you or one of the Malone quotes that basically said if this was a regular season game, he probably would have played. Like, it's not. Yeah, that's what Porter told me. And that's what oh, right. most Porter. of the people around right. the team kind of said. Like, if this was, you know, a meaningful game, he could probably be out there, but they just want to remain extra cautious. Which, I mean. If there's a guy to be extra cautious with, it's yeah. Michael Porter Jr. Right. Like, please treat him with super caution. I mean, I think it's really it's really intriguing the kind of optimism that they have out of this. Yeah. It's, it's um it's crazy, man. Yeah. The hype is crazy. And uh I didn't expect it to be like this, but I mean, maybe he really just does look that good behind the scenes. It, it it's hard for me to really like get Two feet on board with it, though. Well, I know. Like, it's just hard for me to look at him and say, all right, he's just going to be a factor in the rotation yeah. from day one next season. Like, uh, unless he really does look this good behind the scenes in five on five right. and whatnot. Um, the rotation is super deep. Oh, I know. There, there's going to be really good players who are going to struggle to get quality minutes, who got quality minutes 100%. last year. Right. If. 
Porter is playing, even if he's not playing. Uh, so I'm not ready to sit here and say, like I've said on this podcast over the last couple of weeks, that you know he's going to be this high-level impact guy from day one because I just got to see it to believe it probably. Yeah, 100%. Well, I mean, it's crazy that the last two seasons, not even just his rookie year with the Nuggets, but his f- freshman year at Mizzou, like the guys played three games. It's played, insane. He last played in a game 16 months ago. And right. once the season rolls around, you know, August, September, October, that's going to be at 19 months. That's wild. Oh, my God. Nearly two years. Yeah, that's wild. And yet, I mean, is it any crazier than like what Embiid was going through there for a minute? Or yeah, you can compare it to that situation. I, it, I mean, that's probably the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. And I thought in your piece it was really inter- some interesting nuggets. You know, like he's put on twenty pounds since he was yep. drafted and really getting stronger. And Michael Malone outright comparing him, saying he's basically the t- the talent is the talent level of a top three pick. Right, and that's that. what we've been hearing behind right. the scenes. The Nuggets are saying he looks like the guy that we evaluated and we scouted before right. these injuries cropped up. He looks like the guy who was the consensus top two pick or top two recruit in his high school class. Which is crazy. He looks like the guy who people pegged as a surefire all-star Yeah, you know, I mean, two years ago. Should we get into who that guy could be, like dream for a second? Okay. I mean, we're talking about a 6'10" basically wing who can handle the ball mm-hmm. even maybe be your secondary ball handler and offensive initiator at times mm-hmm. i think maybe is too in love with his jumper given his size but he's in love with that jumper because he's a guy who can shoot it and really create his own shot and you know can take you off the dribble as well and make nifty nifty moves and showed just the the smallest hints of a a, a post game and right can finish alley oops and is athletic and can really run up and down the floor like I'll I'll say this if he is fully healthy and the guy he was in high school he projected as you know your classic number one wing scoring option right. Right. That a lot of these top team top teams in the league have right, like that rare freak right yeah, that guy who you can just throw the ball to and he can get a bucket. Yep, he is in love with the jump shot, and just from what I've seen of his tape, he takes a lot of bad shots. Yes, but they go in, and right. I think part of that is because he's six ten, six eleven, and just was able to rise over everybody. Oh yeah throughout the high school ranks and whatnot. I thought Malone actually had another interesting quote in that piece. I put it towards the end where he said, the biggest thing that Mike is going to have to kind of learn is to just try to fit into our offense, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's probably going to be the biggest thing that I'll be watching for him next season. Just kind of how does he fit into this thing? Because he's always been that number one guy. The Nuggets don't need him to be anything close to that. Totally, yeah. They 100%. really just need him to be like a knockdown shooter. So, right. We'll see if he's more that player, or if he's more the guy we saw in high school. Yeah, that's a great point because that playing in college would have been really nice, if nothing else, so that he could have learned kind of to fit into the offensive flow a little more and not just playing iso ball which look in high school you should have played iso ball but Mm -hmm. i mean there are times where i've watched high school tape and it's like dude the guy guarding you six (laughs) foot at best like maybe you shouldn't pull up to take an nba three over his head and you should just back him down and get a better shot you know Mm -hmm. for sure which again he's a high schooler like that's that's fine it's fine to force those shots and but there's there's just going to be a big learning curve and right that's like Kind of the the quote you're talking about with Malone is about the big learning curve, basically. Right, and it's tough to come into a 54 win team too. It'd be a totally different situation yeah. if he was on right. the Atlanta Hawks right now, and you could just really roll the ball out and say, "All right, like do you? We don't totally. really care about winning right. right now. We just want to get your feet wet and you know get you playing again. Just get some games right. under your belt. Go out there and just kind of do what you've been doing." Like he, he can't do that yeah. in Denver. If he does yeah. that in Denver, he's probably not going to play. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so This will be like Isaiah Thomas 2.0. If, yeah. he, if he does that, like, 
Yeah, it's just like he's going to have to really fit into Denver's second unit right. if he's if if I think, you know, he's going to play consistent minutes. Yeah. Was it on one of the pods you were talking about a lineup where he could be starting at small forward and could Yeah, make I think that just work? projecting down the road. Right, right. Like a year from now, two years from now, could the Nuggets starting lineup be Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Michael Porter, Jeremy Grant, and Nikola Jokic? Sure, there, there's a scenario out there yeah. where that could happen. Right. All right, right. I want to get oh. into how Porter's presence, I guess, could affect the rest of the Nuggets rotation. Quick, though, a uh, word from Breckenridge Brewery, who uh, – we have a nice little partnership r- with right now. We were down at the brewery. What was that last week? I think I got back from Vegas on Tuesday and was drinking a flight yeah, of beer I think from it was Breck Wednesday, Brewery right, on right, Wednesday. Yeah. Um, but really excited to have this partnership with them. Uh, they're the official beer of BSN Denver. Yep. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. Probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their right. classic American amber ale. Mm-hmm. They just released a new beer, though, called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love, and yeah. we can probably confirm that's a great beer. Yeah, awesome summer beer. And yeah. not, you know, it's it's strawberry, but it's not too fruity. It oh, was really, like, nice and refreshing. Right. I, I think if you're a fan of craft beer or also light beer you're gonna love the strawberry sky right for you beer enthusiasts out there they're calling this a light-hearted kolsch ale but for those of you who have no idea what that means it's the light delicious summer beer that you've been looking for so look for strawberry sky at your local liquor store or any other breckenridge beer make sure you also look out for the breckenridge event calendar right now on bsndenver.com you'll be able to see all the events that we have planned and we'll be drinking breck beers at all of them, so RSVP and have a good time. So if Porter is in this rotation like Michael Malone thinks he probably will be, right? how does that affect the bottom Oof. of the Nuggets rotation, the second unit? Because we spoke about on the pod last week how the Jeremy Grant edition probably means that Mason Plumlee's minutes go down. Yeah, right. Maybe Torrey Craig's minutes go down a little. If Porter is a part of this thing, I think that affects Torrey Craig. I think that affects definitely Wancho, whatever prospects he might have had. It really kills Wancho. Playing in this thing. Yeah. What are kind of some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how just adding one guy to this rotation and Grant and potentially another one and... MPJ all of a sudden throws, I mean, throws what we think are some pretty good players. Like Mason Plumlee could start on a lot of teams. Sure. He started in Portland. Right. I on mean, a playoff team. He might be able to start now in Portland. I mean, depending yeah. on how you feel about Whiteside. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tory Craig, again, this is a guy who probably could be in the starting lineup on some teams. Um, Torrey Craig started playoff games for this team. Absolutely. Like, he is a guy that Malone does rely on. Um, and it was interesting how he would go, you know, doing the grades one one time he'd be starting, and then there'll be like three games where it's like, nope, no grade for Torrey Craig because he hasn't even played 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just such a Malone favorite. And I mean, you know this way better than I do. I think he'll still get his minutes especially i mean more than anything maybe this affects will barton some too yeah like with porter like tory craig is your 10th man you know yeah i know it's wild and that's a lot of guys to play in a regular season rotation right injuries will happen yep as they are very prone to happen with this nuggets team and and that's when a really deep bench is super valuable. Mm-hmm. Like a deep bench is more valuable in the regular season than it is in the playoffs for sure. Oh yeah, because absolutely. your starters obviously play more. Right. I- I've got to think though, and-, and the Will Barton point's a good one because, like, I think he'll start the season at small forward. Yeah. Like unless Denver makes a big trade, which right, I, I feel like the Nuggets are probably done. But you know, you're never done yeah. in this league. Right. Um, but you know maybe he goes from playing 
32 minutes a game to 26 or 27. Yeah. Uh, right. But I, I do think this probably affects Torrey Craig, man. And um, he was kind of a jack of all trades for Denver. And he's really the total opposite of a Michael Porter. Yeah, no kidding. Right, you combine those two, then Michael Porter would have been like the first overall pick, like no right. brainer. Like Tory Craig is a plus defender. Yeah, I have a really hard time seeing Michael Porter being even yes. cl- close to a league average defender next yes. season. Yes, uh, Porter is you know ha- has the natural scoring instincts. Tory Craig does not. <laughs> right, right. Uh, they're they're pretty much like polar opposites. So yeah. I, I think it's an interesting discussion there, but. I don't think Porter being in the rotation, getting minutes off the bench, will affect Jeremy Grant. I think Grant will play a lot. Yep, agreed. Um, I've got to think it will affect Torrey Craig a little bit, and maybe Craig is just a guy that Denver uses in spots during the regular season, Right. uses in case of injury, and then he plays a little more in the playoffs. Maybe he's yeah. that type of guy. I mean, I could see Craig playing a key role anytime they play the Clippers, for example. Right. You know, maybe he's more of a situational guy. Paul George and Kawhi are that hard to guard, and now that you have Grant plus Craig, it's kind of like okay, we have somewhat of an answer, mm-hmm. something to throw at those two. Mm-hmm. As yeah. we spoke about on the last show, like Grant's addition definitely means Mason Plumley will play less minutes. Absolutely, you're going to see a lot less, I think, of Jokic and Plumley on the floor together. Yeah, like I really don't see you'll think you'll see those guys on the floor together that often, even no, though it right. was a good pairing last year. Grant and Jokic will just right. be that much better, right? And then um, the other guy it probably affects is Wancho. I know, and I right. hate to say it because I still think Wancho. Some of you out there probably think I'm crazy, but I still think Wancho has a place in this league and could even have a he place on this team. Does. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he's a guy who at power forward. Fits kind of nicely next to Jokic. I think even at small forward, he fits really well. Which is crazy. I mean, that was kind of a question. The fact that we feel a little more confident about Juancho's ability to play the three should be like a, a phenomenal endorsement of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like he'll, in a year, he'll be at another team where he does get more opportunity in minutes and things just work out much better for him. You know? Selfishly, like, I hope not. I know. I know. I'm insanely enough. Uh, I'm worried Tyler Lydon might actually show some signs of life for uh, <laughs> Trey Lyles. At least Tyler Lydon didn't, for the Nuggets' sake, didn't sign in division. Right. Yes. Yes. Like, imagine definitely. if Tyler Lydon went to Portland and he's the next Jake Lehman. That would suck so bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, even with the Grant signing, it's like, okay, I remember why they signed Lydon. They wanted a. A guy who could shoot threes and also be a bit of a rim protector, and that's what Leiden seemed to be at the time when they drafted him. Yeah, I never Even bought the it, rim protection aspect. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> it was so hard in a, in that Syracuse two three to really be like, uh, can he do anything, or he's just like the center in a two three, and that's where he better. I think Jeremy Grant's the only good Syracuse player to enter the NBA in like the last twenty years since Carmelo Anthony. So I guess that was a little oh sooner gosh. than twenty years Insane ago. Insane stat right there. Is he the best? You're Syrac- probably right. Is he though. the best Syracuse player since Carmelo Anthony, Jeremy Grant? Gosh, yeah, probably. I'm drawing a complete blank. Yeah. But it's not Johnny Flynn. Uh, no, it is not. It's not Flynn. Dion Waiters. Nope. It's not Chris Joseph. It's not. Wow. Uh, who is that? wing that the Kings drafted, Malachi Richardson. It's not him. Oh, man, yeah. Or Wes, Wes Johnson? Oh, yeah, it's not Wes Johnson. Wes, former top five pick. A lot of uh, busts on that list. Well, yeah, no kidding. Well, Johnny Flynn taking a pick ahead of Steph Curry, so that's <laughs> fun. Um, wow. Yeah, I guess so. Both prominent players for the Nuggets. Yeah. Huh. So, I mean... Porter in the rotation obviously like switches things up a lot. I, it's tough. It really does. Like it's not like I'm not buying it, but I just need to see it, you know, oh, before I, I believe it. Yeah. Let's hit a break real quick. A lot more we want to get to on today's show. Want to go around the Western Conference a little, give some thoughts about how the Nuggets stack up in the West because. There are some other moves out there that could happen, like we said, but maybe things will kind of settle down a little bit here until the start of the season. 
We'll be right back. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast. As always, presented by The Green Solution. Make sure you guys go to mygreensolution.com. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Harrison Wynn here on a Tuesday, joined by Andre Simone. Let's go around the West a little bit. Yeah. Um, here's where I want to start. I don't know if you saw those ESPN power rankings that came out. I sure did. What was that, yesterday? Yeah, didn't uh, have to scroll too far, <laughs> as I usually do on the power rankings, just to see where my team is. Uh, that was a quick scroll. Denver checking in at number two overall, and I guess ESPN. ESPN's first edition of the power rankings kind of after most of these big moves yeah. have gone down. Milwaukee won. Right. What do you think about that? More notable, it's that they're the top team in the West. Right. I could see them being second on the power rankings, maybe with the Clippers first and the Bu- and the Nuggets second with the Bucks mm-hmm. third. Because, I mean, the Bucks, you know, I think they'll still be good, but... They lost a key piece in free agency, and that's going to affect them for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, but I mean, I don't know. I can I can see why you'd put the Nuggets ahead of the the Clippers in a sense too. I mean that that front court doesn't scare you that much. That depth from the Clippers Zubats doesn't, doesn't scare, scare you. you. Zubats <laughs> does not scare me. Um, though, who knows? He could be the next uh, Jokic or uh, hey, or yeah. Nurkic. Right, let's let's let's. Call <laughs> him I like Zubac. I'm not extremely high on them though where do you have the nuggets in the west though right now (sighs) putting on the spot gun to my head i i guess i have them second i have them second as well i guess i have them second i have them second behind the clippers i could easily make an argument for them ahead of the clippers i don't know it just the, the clippers just scare me so much defensively i think it's easier to make an argument that denver will win the west like regular season crown than to make the argument that they'll get to the finals. Yeah, good point. Because their depth, good point. like I just mentioned, will really help them out in the regular season. Yep. I've said this on the podcast many times, but Nuggets are going to get off to a great start next year, just like they got off to a great start last year because yep. of the continuity. Great They're not going to have to learn how to play with one another, where the Rockets will, I think the Jazz will to an extent, the Both Clippers obviously will, right. the Lakers so I think that will really help Denver Even out. Even the, the Warriors season. finally for once. Yeah, like the Warriors. Throwing D'Lo in that mix is really going to throw things off. So I think there's a pretty good argument to be made that Denver will win the West. Now, get to the finals, that's another beast because yes. you look at how the Lakers, if they stay healthy, could project as a playoff team. And uh, even the Clippers, that's yeah pretty scary. That's a really important distinction. Right. I think that's where these power rankings maybe fall a little short. Yeah, so I, like, like right now I've got the Nuggets as the second-best team in the West. Um, I've said this over the course of the summer. I think they're the most slept-on team in the league. I was surprised I mean, that they were two there. Right. Because, in my opinion, they hadn't been getting much publicity at all this summer. So that's what yeah. was the most yeah. shocking thing to me to see that they were actually two. Yeah, people are starting to wake up about it. Yeah, I think some of those ESPN talking heads are are picking up uh, the the Clippers closing lineup, which will look something along the lines of you could have Lou Williams and Beverly in the backcourt. Mm-hmm. You could be playing, you know, Kawhi's the three. You could be playing Paul George as the small ball four. Yep, and, and then, then have like Harrell Montrez Harrell, right? Like that's quite the closing lineup. Who and guards I mean, Nikola Jokic in that lineup? No one. <laughs> like truly, I don't know who. I mean, I guess you do. You stick Trez on him, or yeah, you probably just have to go with the Spurs approach there. Double him, triple him, make Denver shoot threes. Which I mean, and that's where it's a really interesting matchup because, as scary as they are defensively, they really don't have an answer for Jokic. Yeah, not a lot of teams do. Right, and. and Counter argument is the Nuggets might not have much of an answer for Kawhi or Paul George. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, for sure. Um, which is why the Jeremy Grant signing is so crucial. Mm-hmm. And I think I think I am noticing that the NBA at large does like that signing maybe more than we do in this football craze town. <laughs> well, that's what's been fun about the Jeremy Grant signing, at least from my perspective, is like it's impossible to make an argument that it's not a good move. 
<laughs> yeah, right. You're putting him into right. a trade exception. You gave up a protected first round pick, and I mean, it's tough to really envision that pick falling in the top twenty. Yep. And it's not like the Nuggets would need that guy anyway coming into this team. No, next like year. we're gonna have to. <laughs> they're cutting guys left and right or missing out on great yeah. undrafted. We're picks talking and, about how yeah. a couple really good rotation caliber players are already not going to be in the rotation. <laughs> right. That's not even talking about a bowl bowl or Jared right. Vanderbilt. Like a former top 15 pick in Juancho is not going to see the court at all. Yeah. Uh, l- let me get back to the West here. Let's talk about the yeah. Rockets. Oof. What was your take on that big trade? Russell Westbrook to Houston, Chris Paul to Oklahoma City. Off the bat, my first reaction is there's there aren't enough touches for the two players with like easily the highest usage rates in the league last the last several years. Right. Last time I checked, they still play with one ball. Right. Exactly. And are basically both point guards. So there's not enough touches for either of them, and the Rockets overpaid. Like, for that contract, you shouldn't have had to give up as many picks as they did. Mm-hmm. Or give up the picks, but then don't give up the pick swaps. Like, that's just, uh, I don't know, it's a little crazy, I think. Um, but I get it, and I think in the regular season, they'll probably benefit because Westbrook's just way more durable and younger than Chris Paul. And better. Just better. Totally. Totally. He's not as good a fit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, even last year, they're they're scattering minutes. They're kind of trying to have Paul run the second unit, Harden run the first unit in a sense. And, like, Westbrook against the second unit of any team is going to be pretty darn scary. Oh, man. Yeah. Counterpoint is how do you make them coexist? Yeah. My first reaction was, was kind of that. Um, I think the Rockets will be a better team next year than they were this year for sure. Well, and they had a rough season period last yeah, year. You I know? think this move will help Harden out because yeah. he's not going to carry or have right. to carry such a big load during the regular season. Now, right. I don't know how thrilled he'll be about that, but you know, if you can get that maybe through his head a little bit, that this will probably help us in, in the long run. You'll have yeah. more energy from the playoffs instead of flaming out right. like you do every year. Right, exactly. Uh, this will be able to benefit you. My other reaction to it, I don't think Daryl Murray, Daryl Morey will be in Houston for too long. <laughs> Interesting. My kind of instant reaction was like Daryl Morey probably gave up these picks thinking, "All right, let's take one more stab at it." Right. You know, if it doesn't work, I'll probably be fired. Even if it does work, I right. probably won't be in Houston to you know, feel the wrath of not having yeah, those yeah. draft picks 2-3 years down the line anyway. Gosh, I was seeing some insane stat during the draft that they haven't selected someone in the first round for, like, over five years. Really? So, I mean, this will just Was Clint Capella a first-rounder? I think he was. Was he their last first-round pick? Probably, Potentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I just feel like the Rockets will try to do this every summer. I mean, they <laughs> ha- they kind of have no other move. They've kind of been doing it, right? And their closing lineup of Tucker, Capella, uh, Gordon, Russ, and Harden on mm-hmm. paper, that's scary. That's probably scarier than the closing lineup we were talking about with the Clippers a moment ago. Mm, yeah. O- offensively, at least. It's a good lineup. Offensively. Like I said, I think this makes the Rockets a better team for sure. They're lacking in depth, but when you think of that five being on the court to close out games, yeah, I could I can see the appeal. Yeah, the playoffs are a different story. Like I think this right. probably makes them a better team in the regular season. I don't right. know how it's going to look in the playoffs though. Well, what I was telling you off air, and this is a thought that kind of came to mind as I was coming to to BSN headquarters this morning, um, was the Rockets, who have been such a nightmare matchup for the nuggets the last couple years Mm -hmm. did they suddenly become a an easier matchup for denver i don't know if it's easier or harder i don't know because and we were talking about this jeremy grant's probably the wild card there right right what kind of defensive presence can he have in these matchups against houston because what do you think about 
what image pops into your head when you think about the Nuggets and Rockets facing off? It's yeah. somehow Jokic getting switched on to yes. James Harden 30 feet from the hoop and right. being left on an island. Right. And just being helpless because he can't defend Harden out there. Not many guys in the league can. Like, right. No big men can. Right. And you think about, man, what if that was Jeremy Grant switching on to James Harden? Yeah, totally. How could that tilt the momentum in a Denver Houston matchup. Right. 100%. Well, and the other thing is maybe the most logical way for Harden and Westbrook to coexist is with Harden being the superior uh, shooter by by far, that he's playing a little more off ball and Westbrook is going to be the the offensive initiator a little more. Well, not as scared about Westbrook and them insisting on switching off with Jokic. Now, maybe they're smart and they're like, hey, we're still going to do that regardless of if it's Westbrook or Harden. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to have to adjust. Mm-hmm. I also think Grant, like Capella was a tough matchup too. The That guy was just dominating vertically. And I think Grant will be able to put up much more of a fight. Mm-hmm. So it's it's interesting how this could throw off Houston being their their peak Houstonness. Right. Um and I think this will be D'Antoni's greatest test. Oh my god. I would not want to be Mike D'Antoni right yeah. now. Yeah. No, definitely. If he thought he's had a tough run uh, <laughs> right. trying to coach James Harden. Yeah. Now he's got to coach Russell Westbrook, so I'm not sure how it's yeah. going to go for him. I almost feel like I mean, Houston it seems like they're teetering on the edge of disaster every year. Absolutely, yes. It seems like they're always on the edge of just some huge internal like coup. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. So it seems like they're right there again. Where do you fall on this? Because we're talking about, like, man, what if that was Jeremy Grant switching on to Harden instead of Nikola Jokic? Like, if you're Denver, do you think about maybe closing against Houston with a... Paul Millsap, Jeremy Grant front court, or a Jeremy Grant at the five, you know, somebody else at the four going small and leaving a Jokic on the bench? Because it seems like Jokic has kind of transcended now to one of those guys where yeah. no matter how bad he is defensively, you probably don't take him off the court unless it's for just like a play. Yeah. I don't even know. I mean, that's a great question. I think logically, defensively, yeah, you'd kind of like to do that, but I just think you can't afford to to bench him. Yeah. I just don't think you can. It'd be great if he could play the one because he essentially is, like, I, I like to call him Serbia Magic Johnson, but <laughs> that doesn't solve your problems. Then they don't even have to switch. Like, he's guarding Harden already. Like, that, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I don't know. I mean, do you have a, a solution? Do you have an easy answer to this? No, I don't. Um, I mean, you can do some things if you're playing Grant and Jokic together, which I'm sure the Nuggets will close with a lot of times. Like, yeah. you can pre-switch stuff, and, like, you could put Jokic out on Eric Gordon. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess. And just hope they don't throw him the ball or, or hope they don't bring Gordon up for the screen. Like, you can try to get around it. A Maybe lot of teams Tucker? like Houston are smart enough to counter that stuff and yeah. still find a way to get Jokic switched out, which is what would happen last year a lot. Right. I don't know. Um, I mean, we saw last year even that there were times at the end of the games where Jokic was subbed out for defensive purposes for Mason Plumlee. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that is something that right. still happens. It'll be much nicer that that substitution can now be Grant. Right. That's huge. Yeah, that is massive. That's I mean, enormous. Right. Can't be overstated how important that is now. For sure. All right, let's hit another break. Want to hit on some news when uh, we come back. We'll be right back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. 
Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets Podcast, Tuesday edition of the show, as always, presented by The Green Solution. If you guys visit mygreensolution.com, use code BSN20, you can get 20% off your entire purchase. Harrison Wind here, alongside Andre Simone. I already hit on a bunch of topics today. Yeah. Michael Porter, what that does to the rotation, if he is a part of it, mm-hmm. like Michael Malone believes he might be for opening night. How do the Nuggets kind of stack up in the... Western Conference. I've got them as the second best team in the West right now. If you ask me, I can make a good argument. I think that they can win the conference. I've been on that all summer, so don't yeah. accuse me of jumping on the bandwagon now. Oh, far from it. <laughs> far from it. I want to get your uh, quick reaction to a couple signings that happened here. Nuggets related. Guys okay. who were on Denver last year. Three of them that I want to get to. Tyler Lydon signs in Sacramento. Trey Lyle signs in San Antonio. Isaiah Thomas signs in Washington, D.C. My question for you is, which one of those three players has the biggest impact for their respective teams next season? Lydon in Sacramento, Lyles in San Antonio, Isaiah Thomas in D.C. It has to be Lyles in San Antonio. Okay. I mean, well, I guess you could make a case for IT. Mm-hmm. Just because that team is such a disaster, they'll take anything they can get, and maybe with you know a, a strong uh, two guard next to him c- who can do some damage defensively, can space the court. Maybe he can find his groove again. Um, I have my doubts. I think As Isaiah I. Thomas will never be the Boston version of Isaiah Thomas, and that's incredibly sad. Um, that was just kind of a, a perfect moment in his career. Perfect team around him. He was just at the at the peak of his form. It's a shame. We as uh, basketball fans might not be able to really see that anymore. Um, I, Lyles, though, you know, that doesn't happen unless Marcus Morris backs out of that deal. So there's, right. there's an opportunity. There's, there's a spot for him there, at least. Uh, and I think if, you know, if he goes to the Spurs and the Spurs fix his shot, which they've been known to do, that's kind of one of the one of the major uh, advantages they have um, is that they they can fix guys shots. Right. Chip England still in San Antonio. Amazing. And, you know, I mean, between the th- at their forward spots, they are a bit weak, even with Damari Carroll. So there will be opportunities. Uh, we'll see how their two rookies do. I think he could really factor in and and be a solid kind of stretch ball four for them and, and give him more shooting, more spacing, be a nice al- alternative to Rudy Gay. I think he could too. And I envision him getting the Davis Bertans minutes because yep. Bertans no longer in San Antonio. Which is crazy. Lyle's kind of a similar guy, I think, right? Yeah. Like, obviously, isn't the 40-plus percent shooter from three that Bertans was. I mean, right. like, Bertans was one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, but Lyles, you know, similar height, yeah. similar makeup as a player. Yeah. I guess a, a little more, like, post-up oriented. Like, he can right. take his guy down to the post. Bertans really just a catch-and-shoot guy. Right. Like, Lyles, much more versatile on the offensive end. But I could see those guys playing a similar role 
Yeah, and, exactly. Uh, this is a quick note on Lyles. Like, I think at 23 years old, 6'10", with, and a guy who has shot the ball well before. Sorry, 23? Yeah, Lyles is only 23 oh, years old. so insane. Right. That's so insane. Right. Uh, definitely worth taking a chance on, for sure, for totally. that kind of money. Um, but I would probably say Isaiah Thomas has the biggest impact next season for Interesting. their respective teams just because the Wizards don't have any point guards on this roster right now. That's crazy. I think Ish Smith is their Oof. projected starter. Whoa. Um, so you know Isaiah Thomas is going to play a lot. Yeah. A lot. Now, can his body take that? That's probably the question that will decide the topic we're talking yeah. about. Like, can his body take the pounding of a NBA regular season again? Because it didn't seem like it could mm. uh, in Denver for those nine games. Well, I mean, the thing is he just kills the flow when he plays so much. Yeah. Like he was so he's not that Boston guy anymore and he doesn't have like four plus defenders around him mm. allowing him to play that way. Like mm-hmm. so aside from his body, I don't know if his coaches will put up with it. Yeah, like the Wizards, man, they're actually I think in contention for like worst team in the league. Oh, totally. So maybe they're like, all right, just kind of go do your thing. <laughs> right? Like, like, hey, IT, we're actually trying to lose. So, you know, you do your best slash worse and we'll be happy with it. Yeah, but I mean, I can't imagine Bradley Beal being too I mean, on board with that scenario. It'd be them, the Knicks, and Cavs. Yeah. So I'd probably rank them Thomas, Lyles, and then... Tyler Lydon, who will probably get an opportunity in Sacramento. I mean, why not? Lydon the, might the be Kings in are, by the end of the year. The Kings are going to go into this year, obviously, thinking they're a playoff team. Because they're the Kings. Right. Yeah. I think there's only one team in the West that's trying to lose. That's Memphis. The Suns are going to try to win. Uh, the Kings will try to win. Yeah. So uh, he'll probably get an opportunity for at least a little bit there. In Sacramento, but that's how I'd rank those three. Yeah, and even in Sacramento, we might have find it hard to to see the floor between Barnes and the other Bogdanovich and Ariza and Giles and Bielica and all those guys. Like at four, they're kind of crammed at forward too, mm-hmm. like so many of these other teams. Yeah. Hmm. Another piece of news that's I want to hit on here before we got out of here. Jamal Murray on the training camp invite list for Team Canada. Yeah, which I'd assume he's a lock to make that. Right, I'd assume he's a lock if he wants to be. Like, I didn't take this news as news that he's definitely playing. Yeah. Because the way Canada phrased it in their press release, like, these are the 29 players invited to the training camp. Oh, okay, right. So... I'm not taking that as he's definitely on the team, but yeah. like Canada obviously wants him there. Maybe he'll play. Um, but if he does play, Nuggets will be well represented <sighs> at the kidding. FIBA World Cup with Wancho, I think, likely playing for Team Spain. I think mm-hmm. he'll make that roster. Yeah, he definitely should. And then Jokic with Serbia, obviously. So um, Right. And then potentially Paul Millsap with Team USA. I actually forgot about that when I tweeted out. That, uh, that news earlier today. Right. That'd be crazy if he did make Team USA, but that'd be interesting. Well, Anthony Davis pulled his name out of the running, and mm. the big men that are still left in that original player pool that was released that Team USA will choose their 12-man roster from, it's not incredibly deep. Um, I'm trying to pull up the names. Oh, here we go. Here are the big men still left. Know to select for that twelve-man roster: Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, Miles Turner, Brook Lopez, Paul Millsap. Oh wow! Oh, he can definitely make that. PJ Tucker also in there, but I wasn't really grouping him into you know your classic guys who could play the five. Tucker would be a nice player in FIBA ball. Mm-hmm. Um, just his game would translate nicely. Oh no, I think I mean, geez, if they don't add anyone to that, he might be a lock to make it. <laughs> He might make it. Just to be that reliable veteran, and it's like, well, we we like you better than Drummond or Kevin Love. Yeah. And you can guard more people. You're more versatile. You might be a more – you're definitely a more reliable shooter than Drummond. Yeah. 
I mean, Paul Millsap, not a guy you really think of as a classic Team USA guy. No. He's not exactly been in the pipeline. He's done right. some training camps and whatnot. He's never played for the national team. And, I mean, at 34, you would think he would want as much time to chill and get his body right this summer as possible. But, hey. He's a worker. Opportunities to represent your country don't come yeah. around too often. Maybe he looks at it as maybe you know the last chance he'll have. I mean, he'd probably be correct in that. Interesting. Yeah. I uh, Boy, just keep keep Jokic healthy. I do feel like players usually in the year they sign a max contract – more likely than not, do not go to something like this. So Murray, I, I would guess, will will bow out, but you never know. I'm not sure, yeah. It was tough. At his exit interview, was pretty noncommittal uh-huh. in terms of what his plan was. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. All right. We'll see. All right, man, anything else you got before we head out of here? Not really. Not really. Got to keep some topics fresh for next time I pop on. Yeah, for sure. We'll see if any other shoes drop for Denver throughout the league over the rest of the offseason. But I think that's all the time we got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. Talk to you then. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.